Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 14th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two in our goal, our way to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. That is understanding the checks and balances and demanding, insisting on them everywhere you're involved. We need to be anxiously engaged in the sacred cause of liberty, ladies and gentlemen, if we want to preserve it, and especially wanting to preserve liberty at the sacred time of Christmas is critical, vital. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. First hour today, I got a bunch of news the networks refused to use to break down. Second hour, of course, we have Brighteon TV, uh, which we'll be doing uh, in a simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. So that's going on. We're going to have our guest on, Mr. Eric Maltzos, who is a former police officer in Salt Lake City. The big battle raged as they tried to force him to betray his beliefs and promote the gay and lesbian agenda, which he did not want to do. Uh, there's a lot of dishonest folks out there who would twist his story and make him out to be the bad guy. That's all bogus. And uh, anyway, Eric Maltzos has moved on uh, to really be involved in a huge business, kind of a roundtable business effort. Uh, he's got an herb company now. He's doing good. He's telling the tale of freedom. Uh, anyway, just a great guy. Made some movies or some, uh, what do you want to call them, documentary films. Anyway, we'll have him on with us uh, next hour, God willing. All right, a recap of yesterday's show starts now. We had our guest on, Mrs. Becky Akers, and she was with us for two hours. She's a freelance writer. She's a historian. Her work appears everywhere under the sun. She writes uh, about the abusive TSA. She's been in Christian Science Monitor, Washington Post, Lou Rockwell, pretty much everywhere. And she's also an author of two incredible books. One of them called one of them is called Hailstorm. It's about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest patriots America or the world has ever known. The other one's called Abducting Arnold about the Benedict Arnold story. You probably haven't heard the other side of the Benedict Arnold story, have you? It's an incredible uh, novel. You ought to read it. Abducting Arnold, Becky Akers, or Hailstorm, Abducting Akers. Or, uh, wow. Hailstorm, uh, Becky Akers. And when you get those two books, it's incredible novels. Uh, they have so much fact in them, uh, but they're told in a very unique uh, historical fiction way. Just, just great, great stuff. Uh, all right. Anyway, Becky was with us for two hours yesterday, and we talked about, quote, Minnesota. That's the headline of the dateline. The owner of the, quote, Interchange Wine and Coffee Shop, or white, uh, I'm sorry, they call it the Interchange Wine and Coffee Bistro. So it's wine, coffee, food, all that, right? Her name is Melissa Hansen, and she was found guilty, they say, on all six counts of violating Minnesota's COVID-19 orders. See, we're not even talking about laws, folks. We're talking about orders from thugs, okay? 
and she received a 90-day jail sentence and a $1,000 fine. So literally you can rape people and kill people and plunder and steal and smash and whatever, and you probably won't get those kind of... Jesse Smollett created a big old fake, who knows, scandal. He hasn't been in jail for couple of years while this thing unfolds now they say that he probably won't even get jail time for his made-up racial crimes just imagine the division and the racial problems that creates in america no problem he'll probably just get uh community service or something except this poor lady trying to run her restaurant trying to put food on the table and everything else they literally shut her right on down what a disgrace what a shame but again, selective enforcement all over the country. Hillary Clinton runs around free, never mind all of her crimes. Bill Clinton literally rapes people. No problem for Bill. He's fine. See, it's just insane what's going on in the country. Pray for peace. Stand for prosperity. Uh, we got a lot of work to do, folks. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live with Becky Akers. Second hour, we talked about what should we learn from the walls of Jericho falling. Because Becky's saying, hey, you know what? All the different choices we've tried for liberty have failed pretty much. We've got to now take arms. And I uh, still believe there's a lot we could peacefully do to restore the republic, ladies and gentlemen. Becky's entitled to her opinion, uh, and I'm entitled to mine. I think Becky's a dear, dear person, uh, and I think that she's a critical thinker. That's why we have her on the radio. But she's pretty much anti-government. She says, hey, government has got to go. Government's the problem. And you know what? Sadly, 90% I agree with her. I believe that a little vestige of government, though, God has ordained government among men, I believe, um, to really maximize liberty. And it's up to we, the people, if we use it properly to maximize liberty or not. The problem isn't God. The problem isn't the legitimate form of the proper role of government. The problem is we, the people, aren't tending to our duties properly. Or properly. Uh, the Founding Fathers said you have a republic if you can keep it. That didn't mean that you can just ignore it and become immoral and do whatever you want and and not pay attention to your liberties, and one day you'll wake up without them, and, well, who failed? The system? God? No, no, no. We, the people, have not jealously guarded our liberties enough. We haven't insisted on the checks and balances that our founding fathers put in place. Uh, we haven't reined in government bureaucrats who take power into themselves. Okay, we, real, we need to realize that it's the consent of the governed that gives power to government officials, and if we withdraw our consent, you say, well, how do I do that? You get involved in a big way. Right? I mean, how much media have you funded to tell the tale of liberty? All right? How much have you, you might have voted, fine. Did you vote for, well, the lesser of two evils? Is that what you did to try to fix the country? Okay, we need to take action, ladies and gentlemen. There should be 50 million people, Americans, going, fire Fauci and do it now. But see, there's Rand Paul and me and about 50 or 100 or 200, maybe 500, maybe 1,000 others or something across the country that are literally trying to circle the walls of Jericho and have it fall. But there's not enough of us folks, not even close. Most folks have bread and circus, and they don't really even care. They're just like, oh, Fauci's a goon, whatever. Back to Christmas, back to sports, back to whatever you're doing. All right, we talked about Second Chronicles quite a bit. Chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves... And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways that I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Okay, it doesn't get better than that as a promise from God Almighty. But you know what? We've got to do our part for that promise to be realized. How many people are doing our part? 
I think scant few, sadly so, in the nation today. All right, we talked about New York Governor Kathy Hodgel, for example, has enacted a, quote, indoor mask mandate. So has other states. California has now done this. Other cities, I think Philadelphia and others, are starting to mandate, you know, vaccinations for restaurants and things like this. Insanity. We, the people, need to push back like nobody's business. Fire that governor. Recall her. Get rid of her. All right. For example, the New York City Council passed a bill literally allowing 800,000 non-citizens to vote in their city elections. Okay, I'm telling you right now, whatever you've got to do based on the laws in New York, get rid of this city council that betrayed you people. Eventually, your vote won't matter. It'll be diluted by, quote, whatever you want to call it, non-citizens. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying they're not citizens. They may not even stay here, but they might vote. And you might lose by a vote or two or five or ten or twenty or whatever. And it would be because you have non-citizens voting. Don't let that happen in your communities, ladies and gentlemen. But they've already done it in New York City. See? All right, Republican lawmakers are supposedly raising concerns over illegal migrants without identification literally being flown around the United States on airplanes, traveling on commercial flights throughout the country without proper identification. So see, now you've got illegals literally flying around in America. You and I are just absolutely, I mean, if I have a tube of toothpaste that has a little bit too much toothpaste above the, quote, four ounce, then they'll shut me down, steal my toothpaste, whatever. If I don't have the proper credentials, they're going to go ahead and just shut me down and, sir, you will not fly. But the illegals have a special privilege in America. Now, they say some Republicans are concerned about it. We need to be beyond concerns, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be livid about this. What on earth is your government doing flying people around the country without proper identification when the rest of us are forced to have proper identification, forced by government to wear a mask, forced to go through these strip lines where they literally touch your private parts to ensure that you're not a domestic threat, but yet illegal aliens can just ride free, no harm, no foul, please pass go kind of stuff, insanity on steroids. But again, we the people are just like, hey, when does the game start, you know? When does the tailgate party begin, you know? Hey, I, I don't want to work today. I'm just going to call in sick, okay? And we're just bred and circused to the point where we cannot defend our liberties. These are sacred causes, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake, these are sacred. But we seem to, uh, at least in mass, ignore ignore not only the truth, but ignore our um, alarm bells going off everywhere. All right, so for example, the headline says, with orders, so you know he's a thug, you know he's a king, you know he's a dictator, out of control, but it says with orders, Biden lays out a timetable to go carbon neutral. Now you know as well as I do, ladies and gentlemen, that carbon neutral is a flat out lie. There's no such thing as carbon neutral, ladies and gentlemen, don't deceive yourselves. Hang tight, we'll talk about it more. I am Sam Bushman, this is Indeed. Liberty Roundtable Live. Isn't this great? Just the two of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone, no TV. Finally, we have a chance to just talk. 
I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I, I want to keep the, the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry? It's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was... <laughs> I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old. And she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. I'm telling you, they're lying to you. What is carbon neutral versus net zero, ladies and gentlemen? Let's break it on down, shall we? Carbon neutral versus net zero. What's the difference, you might ask, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I'm going to tell you. Both of them, they're big old lies from the pit of hell. That's the reality check. Carbon neutral, they say, means, quote, purchasing carbon reduction credits equivalent to emissions released without the need for emissions reductions to take place. Got it? <laughs> you say what? That's right. All right. Carbon neutral just simply means that you're willing to spend more money to supposedly offset your carbons. All right. So follow me. I can spew as much as I want in the atmosphere. And remain carbon neutral if I do what? <laughs> if I go ahead and play the game. In other words, if I spend enough money to claim that I'm offsetting carbons somewhere else, then I'm carbon neutral. So as long as I got a lot of money, I can sure spew a lot of carbon, right? CO2, whatever, carbon dioxide, okay. As long as I got a lot of money... I can go ahead and say I'm carbon neutral, even though I'm spewing toxins into the air left and right, ladies and gentlemen. As long as I, okay, it reminds me of paying for your sins. All right, if I just roll up, and I'm not trying to offend any religious group here, I'm just saying. If I go in and pay somebody a bunch of money, I can get rid of all my sins. That'll be sin neutral, see? I can keep sinning as long as I pay enough money to get rid of my sins. I can sin the while, and I can sin more and pay more, and... I'm sin neutral, baby. Well, you can be carbon neutral the same way from what I understand. You just simply 
pay for your behavior with cash. Now, we're talking about COVID con, in my opinion. We're also talking about climate change activists are a cult. We talked about that in detail yesterday as well, and that's a recap of yesterday's show. But I want to deliver on this carbon discussion a little bit more. Carbon neutral versus net zero, what's the difference? They say net zero is really when when you reduce your emissions. Okay, but let me kind of give you the caveat for the definition. Net zero, they say, means reducing emissions. Then they say this, in line with latest climate science and balancing remaining residual emissions through carbon removal credits. In other words, they're types of of offsets, not assets, but offsets. So you got carbon neutral, you got net zero, you got carbon negative, but every one of these, ladies and gentlemen, has a few components you should be aware of. Every one of them has cash. So instead of just reducing your emissions to zero, net zero, in a literal term, or whatever, every one of these, you buy a credit somewhere else. Somebody's in charge of how much you get. That's why they say the latest climate science has to be involved. See, it's not really net zero. It's not really carbon neutral, as you would understand the terms. It's all backed by this global infrastructure of money. And it's all controlled by the, quote, money changers. And the money changers decide how many credits you get. Right? And if you're rich and you can afford a lot of money credits, you can run around and go, hey, we're net zero. Or, hey, we're carbon neutral. Or, hey, we're this, we're that. It's all a big lie. All of it, I submit to you, is a lie. And I will take anybody on with regards to this because at the center of every one of their statements with cutting emissions, let's say that you buy an electric car by government, for instance. Government mandates you buy an electric car. So you buy one and government also subsidizes that car because they're too darn expensive. Otherwise, they don't make any sense in the real world. So now you steal tax dollars, you buy a, quote, electric car. But ladies and gentlemen, when you're driving around, it might be less emissions than your gas-driven vehicle. I get it. But to make that electric car takes so much carbon emissions, you got to create the battery. To make the battery and to make all the components for the electric vehicle or the solar panel or whatever we're talking about, there's all kinds of carbon use earlier in the chain. Yeah, and then later in the chain, when that vehicle becomes bogus and it's junkyardable, is that a word? It's kind of a cool word, huh? Junkyardable. Anyway, when that vehicle becomes junkyardable, or junkyard-worthy, as you might say to you vocabulary goons, right? Then, um, hey, what do we do with it now? How do we dispose of it? How do we, okay, and I submit to you that in the beginning and the end of this chain um, is the carbon emissions that you pretend doesn't exist for the, quote, driver. And you say, well, Sam, it all depends on where the carbon is spewed. Is it spewed in your streets? Or is it out there somewhere in China where it's less effective in the world? You know, they're, they're, okay, that's where we're lying to ourselves. You cannot rob Peter to pay Paul when it comes to input and output of things. Let me say that again. You cannot lie or cheat 
when it comes to input and output of things. Okay? I'll give you an example. You have a paper straw instead of a plastic straw. They're way better, Sam. Okay, but then you gotta somehow, you know, burn the paper, you gotta make the paper, you gotta grow the trees, you gotta you gotta you gotta and everything has a cycle to it, ladies and gentlemen. And I submit to you that they're lying to you in these cycles of product creation or production all the way to product destruction, the whole life cycle of a given product, a battery, a car, a solar panel, uh, your gas-driven car, your electric car. And somewhere in the cycle, there's mass emissions. And you can say, well, Sam, we've proven over time that the emissions from an electric car is less than the emissions uh, of a gas-powered car. So, Sam, you're wrong. And I say, okay, well, let's talk about that then. Smarts, let's get it done. So the extra $10,000 that it takes to buy an electric car um, over the other gas-driven car, where does that $10,000 come from? Well, it comes from your government, Sam. Okay. Where does the government get the money? Uh, We printed out of thin air, Sam. Okay. You dishonest thugs from the pit of hell. You think that's going to be any better? All right, no, Sam, it doesn't come from government. That's just the subsidy. It comes from your wallet, your hard work. Okay. If it does, then what does my hard work consist of? Might it consist of uh, greater carbon emission activity? There now. And so then you got to say every dollar used in the purchase of that vehicle, uh, and we have to account for the, quote, emissions dollars that it takes, especially the differential dollars between one technology versus another. So coal fire power plant, bad idea, spewing coal, toxic as all get out of horrible, right? But then you gotta compare that against all the solar panels made. Then you gotta compare that against the dollar differences. Then you gotta compare that against when the solar panel doesn't work, what do you do? Well, Sam, we back it up with natural gas fine. Now you gotta go ahead and do the natural gas study in comparisons and the solar panel study in comparisons and the dollar delivered difference between that each watt of electricity created one versus another. And then you gotta find out where all that money goes. And and I'm telling you right now, you're playing games when it comes to your dishonesty about Peter Robin Paul. Your carbon neutral versus carbon or net zero stuff, what's the difference is a flat out lie. Carbon neutral, they say, means purchasing carbon reductions, credits equivalent to emissions released. So I got a lot of money there. I'm in good shape, right? They say you don't even have to have you don't even have to have reductions taking place as long as you have enough cash in at least the carbon neutral plan. Now the carbon zero is a little harder, but not much. Net zero means reducing emissions in line with latest climate science. And then balance the remaining residual emissions through carbon removal credits. So we're just talking about us the same thing. Right? I mean, what are the types of offsets? And who debates if those offsets are equivalent? Let's say that I... um. I'm just going to make it simple for discussion's sake. Let's say I have a pound of emissions, and a pound of emissions costs 100 bucks to wipe away via this carbon credit trade thing. So I give 100 bucks, and now i got a whatever pound of emissions I can spew, and it's okay because I've offset it with my 100 bucks. How do we know the 100 bucks really offsets that spewing of emissions? And how do we know that whatever they do with that $100 really makes up the difference? We don't. It's all a supposition. 
well, Sam, we can scientifically back into if they put that $100 into this, then it does that. And how do I know my money goes every time where I think it goes when I pay my offset credit? Well, Sam, you pay it to this global organization on the world stage and they insure. How do you know? How do you know what they do with the money? Is somebody tracking every penny to make sure that the carbon neutral folks are really neutral? Or are they playing fast and furious with my money and making me believe something that isn't true? Let me cycle back and give you a comparison when we come back from the break. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Associated Press is reporting the death toll from last weekend's tornadoes and storms that hit six U.S. states increased to 88 Monday, including 74 in Kentucky. President Biden last night declared a major disaster in Tennessee and issued an emergency declaration in Illinois one day after declaring a major disaster in Kentucky. Representative Liz Cheney, the vice chair of the mostly partisan January 6th committee, gathered Monday night to advance contempt of Congress charges against former Congressman Republican Mark Meadows. Mr. Meadows received numerous text messages, which he has produced without any privilege claim, imploring that Mr. Trump take the specific action we all knew his duty required. Mr. Meadows on Fox News. Executive privilege that Donald Trump has claimed is his to waive. It's not mine to waive. It's not Congress's to waive. And that's why we filed the lawsuit. USA Radio News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee, so that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th, so call now, and you'll save even more. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. President Biden is heading to Kentucky Wednesday to assess tornado damage. President Joe Biden is planning to travel to Kentucky Wednesday to assess storm damage in Fort Campbell, Mayfield, and Dawson Springs. Biden told all the governors the federal government will do everything it can possibly do to help. This administration has made it clear to every governor, whatever they need, when they need it, when they need it, make it known to me, and we'll get it to them as rapidly, as rapidly as we can. And that's what we're doing here in Kentucky. The trip comes in the wake of devastating tornadoes that ripped through the south and parts of the Midwest Friday, leaving fatalities across five different U.S. states. The storm hit a candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, with more than 100 employees still inside the building at the time the tornado struck. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. We are USA Radio News.
Ladies and gentlemen, I've taken on the dishonesty in the media. Carbon neutral versus net zero, what's the difference? They want you to believe that carbon neutral means purchasing carbon reduction credits. Yeah. Equivalent to emissions released without the really the need of reducing at all. You just buy enough credits to offset it, and the idea is you're saving enough somewhere else to make up for your abuse. Net zero, they say, means really the same thing, just a little bit more difficult standard. Reducing emissions in line with latest climate science, which, as you know, science will change, right? And then balancing the remaining residual emissions with, again, carbon removal credits. So it's really almost the same thing. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me be very, very clear with you. There has been no standardized way to trade carbon credits and no way to validate the compensating activity behind them. Did you hear what I just said to you? With these carbon credits, you know, you got to ask yourself, who decides what carbon credits are worth? Yeah. There has been no standardized way to trade carbon credits and no way to verify the, quote, listen, the compensating activity behind them. So how do you even know that it does it? They say a carbon credit is a generic term for any, quote, tradable certificate. Yeah, giving you the right to admit a ton of carbon or the equivalent of a different greenhouse gas, you know, for a certain amount of money. But who decides all this, right? See, in the United States alone, there's two different types of tradable carbon credits. Did you know that? Renewable energy certificates, RECS, and CCX. They call credits on the Chicago Climate Exchange. Yeah. There you have it. Then you've got carbon pricing. What the heck is carbon pricing? They say a carbon tax. Now you're getting somewhere to understand it. Governments impose pricing, which is nothing but a carbon tax. A carbon tax directly sets a price on carbon by defining a specific tax rate on emissions. Yeah. There you have it. So what does that all mean? It means they're lying to you. All right? Because you got cap and trade, which means, hey, we cap these numbers. But the numbers can change. And let me give you another example. Listen carefully to me about this, because this is really important to kind of understand, folks. <clears throat> you never know if people are really doing what they say they'll do with the money, so you never know if you're really offsetting something or not. You may be, you may not be. You just may be paying the piper, but you can claim this lie, whether it's true or not. And I'll give you two examples to highlight what I'm getting at to make my points. Number one, you know, there for a while, many years ago, uh, they came to us all and they said, listen, we've got to start recycling. Your duty depends on it. It's your duty. So they started giving you a trash can and a recycling can. It was from your government. And you had to literally opt out to not get a recycle can in some places. In some other places, you had to get a can, no choice. Uh, and you would pay for your recycle can and your trash can. And then you would decide what went in which. And they would give you guidance. Hey, plastics go in here. Other stuff goes in here. 
and people dutifully did this, thinking they were making a difference, thinking they were really being good citizens, thinking they were really being good, honest people, right? Really trying to do what's right and everything. Well, in the end, we found out there's reports all over the country a lot of cities lied, and they charged you more for that can, uh, more for that service, so to speak, right? But then what they did was they didn't really have the, quote, infrastructure to deal with the uh, separate, um, I don't know what you want to call it, stream of recyclable material. And so since they didn't have the infrastructure, they kind of just mixed it together in some cases, which means all you did was separate it for nothing. They charged you some money, though, and they made you feel good, but you were lied to. In other cases, they didn't lie to you completely. They set the separate recycling stuff aside and said, as soon as we get the infrastructure to deal with it, we'll deal with it. So they had a different spot at your dump that would literally, um, you know, this is recyclable stuff. We'll get to it when we can kind of thing. But in the reality is you separated your trash from your recycling for years only to find out that it didn't pan out. Right? That's what happened to many of us. So my question to all you, did it work? Did I really do what I thought I was doing? See, I don't think so. I don't think so, right? That's the problem. Is we all participated in what we would call a government lie. Right? That's the problem with this. So that's one example, the recycling example that I would give you. Right? Another example is this. Um, Volkswagen was supposed to be one of the most energy efficient vehicles on the planet. And as you know, they got caught in a big old ripping scandal where they faked a bunch of tests. So you might buy a Volkswagen. Part of their big pitch was, hey, we're energy savings more than everybody. We're more fuel efficient. We're more, right? But it wasn't true. They lied on the tests. So you might have bought a Volkswagen vehicle believing uh, that you were saving energy, believing that you were being responsible. But it didn't turn out that way, right? Well, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about is you cannot trust government to tell you the truth or behave truthfully. Now, the reason that Volkswagen and other companies um, were bogus on the tests wasn't because they're bad people. It's because there's no way to rob Peter to pay Paul, as I wisely told you at the start of this. Most of this is impossible to accomplish. We're just playing games. We're just lying to ourselves, making us believe that somehow it's better when it's not. Right? Type into Google, or I type into um, DuckDuckGo, does recycling really work, for instance, okay? Can we recycle more? How can we recycle more? America finally admits recycling doesn't work. Recycling makes people feel good, but the idea that it improves the condition of humans on the planet is highly dubious. 
The moral virtue of recycling is rarely questioned in the United States, but it's been ingrained into our psyche over decades. Right? Fee.org has a great article on this. America finally admits recycling does not work. Yeah, it doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. It's bogus. Now, they want you to believe that it's better for me to have a truck drive out to my house, pick up my trash, take it to the dump so they can burn it if it's burnable, and that's better than me burning it at my house. Then they want another truck to come out and deal with the recycling, right? But, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lie, okay? Let me ask you this question. Is it better to have a truck spewing gas, come out, pick up my trash, take it back and burn it and put it in the dump? Or is it better that I burn most of it on site? Well, Sam, if you burned it on site, you'd have to get a burn permit from your government there. If you burned it on site, Sam, you might endanger everybody around you. Don't do that. But tell me this, which is more efficient to have a truck driving, spewing gas out, uh, driving around every week to get my trash and then dealing with it? Or is it better with me to deal with it on site? Can you prove to me that having the truck come and the burning facility there spews less into the environment than if I did it myself? Because you have to offset your truck driving around, don't you? All right. We're talking about morality here, ladies and gentlemen. Honesty is the issue. We're talking about the failure of recycling. We're talking about the moral outrage that relates to all this, folks. Right? Now, believe it or not, this is propaganda in your government schools, this recycling stuff. Right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. That's what they tell us, right? It's a lie. Okay? It doesn't work. Recycling makes people feel good, ladies and gentlemen, but the idea that it works is bogus doesn't work yeah I'll give you a quick pause and we'll talk about it more in seconds on your radio Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Ladies and gentlemen, so it's a huge lie, this idea. Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's a big old lie, folks. It's difficult implementation, to say the least, is the problem, folks. As Discover Magazine pointed out a decade ago, recycling is, quote, tricky business. A 2010 Columbia University study, for example, found that just 16.5% of the plastic collected by the New York Department of Sanitation was actually recyclable. See, it's a lie because it's hard to do. All right? They say this resulted in over half of the plastics collected or more being landfilled. Since that time, things have only gotten worse. Yeah, the New York Times ran a story detailing how hundreds of cities across the country are abandoning Recycling efforts, hundreds of cities across the country, folks, right? Philadelphia is now burning over half of its 1.5 million residents' recycling material in an incinerator that they say converts waste energy. In Memphis, the international airport still has recycling bins around the terminals, but they just send it to a landfill, folks. Yeah, last month, or this is several months ago now, because this article's um, in Daytona, Florida, faced the reality that despite their best efforts to recycle, their curbside program was not working, and so they suspended it. Those are just three of the hundreds of towns and cities across the country that have flat out canceled their recycling programs limited and or reduced the types of material they accepted and or agreed to huge price increases because they can't get it done. How much can you pay for the recycling now? And if I go ahead and have to recycle more than mm, or pay more, where's the money coming to recycle? Yeah, they say one reason for this. Now, listen carefully how they play the game. One reason for this is China, perhaps the largest buyer of recyclables stopped accepting them in 2018. So all we did was get it all. Instead of dealing with it properly and recycling it, all we did was send it to China. Other countries such as uh, India and Thailand have increased imports, but not a sufficient tonnage 
to alleviate the mounting costs cities are facing. We are in a crisis moment in the recycling movement. Right now, Fiona Ma told the Times, cost is the key word. Like any activity or service, recycling is an economic activity. The dirty little secret, ladies and gentlemen, is that the benefits of recycling have been dubious for quite some time. Why didn't they come clean when they discovered that action? Why didn't they figure that out before they forced recycling on all of us? Recycling has been dysfunctional for a long time. Mitch Hedlund, he's executive director of what's called Recycle Across America, told the Times, has recycling always been an illusion? How long, they say, perhaps from the very beginning, nearly a quarter a century ago. Yeah. They were doing it through mandate to the religious-like fervor. But there's numerous problems with the approach. The fact is, sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. But in a legislative rush to pass recycling mandates, state and local governments should pause and consider the science and the economics of every proposition, but often... Bad ideas are worse than none at all and can produce lasting damage if they're enshrined in law. Simply demanding that something be recycled can be disruptive of the markets and cannot guarantee that recycling, whether it makes environmental sense or economic sense, will even occur. Yeah, others provided advice back in the day and governments ignored their advice. Yeah, they believed there was no more room in landfills, so they thought recycling was the only option. Their intentions were good. The idea seemed plausible, but it didn't work. Yeah. They say there's no shortage of landfill space. The alarm back in 1987 about this was a big lie, too. That's economics, you say. What about the environment? Well, the environmental benefits of recycling are far from clear. For starters, as popular mechanics pointed out, the idea that we don't have sufficient space to safely store trash is flat out untrue. Yeah, according to one calculation, all the garbage produced by humans in the next thousand years could fit into a landfill 100 yards deep and 35 miles across on each side not that big unless you happen to live in the neighborhood they say or put another way it would take another 20 years to run through the landfills that the u.s has already built so the notion that we're running out of space or landfill space has turned out to be a red herring a flat-out lie just like the oil shortage the oil shortage of yesteryear back when i was a kid in the 70s you couldn't even get gas if your license plate wasn't even or odd, if it was the wrong day, you couldn't even get gas because there was a shortage. What, 50 years later now, there's no shortage? They're lying to you. Recycling efforts, ladies and gentlemen, flat out backfire. And they create waste themselves. And then there's the energy and the resources that go into the recycling. How much water do Americans spend annually rinsing items that end up in the landfill? How much money? energy gas is put into fleets 
barges and trucks that not only come get your recycling and then take it and then sell it to China, and then you got to get a big barge to go across the ocean to transmit or transfer the tons of garbage to be processed somewhere else that then belches its own emissions. All we're doing is saying, hey, we're not going to belch emissions in America because the standards are too stringent. We're going to go ahead and send it to China because they can just spew into the environment. they got a special privilege as a third-world country kind of an idea, right? Ladies and gentlemen, the data on this front is thin. And the results on the environmental effectiveness of recycling varies based on the material being recycled. Yet all this presumes that the recyclables, well, oftentimes they're clean or they're shipped somewhere and they're just put in a different landfill somewhere else because they don't know how to deal with it. Planned chaos, ladies and gentlemen, the inevitable result of central planners making decisions that are consumers doing so through free markets. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bogus, and it's been so since the beginning. Right? There you have it. I don't even know how to respond to all this. It's so egregious and dishonest. America finally admits recycling doesn't work. It's time to admit that recycling... Mania has been a giant placebo. 2019, this article was written. March 21st, so it's two years old, almost three years old. John Miltimore wrote this. It's an economics discussion in fee. They're doing a great, great job, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, a great job. But how many of us are giving credit for this? How many of us are really realizing the truth on this? I bring this up, and they mock mock me, and they say, you don't know what you're talking about, Sam. How dare you not care about the environment? Well, I submit to you that I care more than they do. Right? I care actually more than they do. Why? Because I'm willing to be honest about it, first of all. And if you really want to solve a problem, ladies and gentlemen, The first way you solve problems, in my view, is with honesty being the issue. Because if I'm honest about how the difficulty in implementation is, if I'm honest about things are getting worse because we don't have great plans in place, right? Think about that. That's what we're talking about. Anyway, I thought I'd tell this to you because I thought it was really important to understand, really important to dig into, because we're about to launch a, I don't know what you call it, but a dishonest uh, um, effort by your Biden administration. And they want you to believe that, A, going carbon neutral, uh, that somehow the um, global warming issue is so critical that, ladies and gentlemen, You have somehow got to really double down on this. Or you don't care about the environment. Or you don't care about, well, they say it's the greatest crisis. We're going to melt down if we don't do this. This is, and those who aren't taking this seriously are criminals. They're going that far, but it has to do with control. It is not honest on the recycling front. It is not honest on the net zero emissions front. It is not honest on the carbon trading front. 
I can prove it 66 ways from Sunday. Can they prove that their agenda works? I don't think so. The carbon neutral lie is nothing but a lie. All right. There's no standardized way to even deal with these trades. You know what? A carbon tax is just governments collecting money on the altar of supposedly making good on their end on this thing. But it's a huge lie, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way to know or to prove or to double down and confirm. Whenever you get government in the middle of something that they ought not be in, it's a failure. I couldn't find a more poignant classic example than this if I tried, ladies and gentlemen. I really couldn't. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is something that we the people really need to think about. Got to answer this call here. All right. So we're getting ready for hour two, Brighty on TV, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, Get everything set up here. There's so much going on here. All right, can you hear me, Hunter? All right, can you see me as well? All right, I'll work on uh, getting the video, turn video on. Now he'll be able to see me. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now he can see me just fine. Uh, and I'm going to, uh, you know, finish up this hour of Radio Hunter, and then we'll be right with you, sir. So hour two, ladies and gentlemen, Brighty on TV, phenomenal stuff. We're going to be doing that second hour simulcasting on Liberty Roundtable Live. How do you like that? The Sheriff Mack Show and Liberty Roundtable Live teaming up second hour every Tuesday for hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. Our guest second hour coming up is going to be phenomenal, so be ready for that as well. All right, hour one of the can, hour two coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, we the people can make a difference, but you got to get involved. you got to choose the right, right? takes hard work, folks. Freedom isn't free, right? LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, Donate Liberally, Archives and On Demand Live Radio, available, or I should say live and on demand, always free, but your donations are always welcome. LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net, spread the word. I'm Sam Bushman, and we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.